0: Coach 104.5, thank you for being up and Adam in the morning. My name is Adam Montiel. Well, it was not news to really anyone that the former mayor of San Luis Obispo had a ton of liabilities. You know, more than problematic, but actually illegal behavior with regards to the First Amendment. That got her in a lot of hot water. She was an activist above all, self-proclaimed, and even managed to sour people in her own echo chamber at the end. Speaking of the end, when she abruptly resigned less than halfway through her term that she just got reelected for. It was at the same time one of her donors, fundraiser hosts, was pleading guilty to many charges, including bribing public officials. We've yet to see how all that will pan out. Now, when Vice Mayor Erica Stewart was selected to be mayor, I was excited to introduce myself. I have several friends locally who are active in the community and are mutual friends with her, and they spoke very highly of her. I also wanted to have a good conversation with her, build some real rapport, and get to know her with hopes that she had a quality, a real quality of connecting to her neighbors and uh, the media in ways that I think the last two mayors of SLO just really weren't inherently good at. Erica Stewart's day job is at Cal Poly. She invited me over. We sat on a bench outside the health center where she worked to just chat and get to know each other. I look forward to talking with her more. I enjoyed her conversation, her personality. I love her voice. Her laugh was really endearing, too. And I think, you know, maybe after listening to the conversation again, there are probably a couple areas I would follow up on a bit, maybe dig a little deeper. But with this conversation, I really just wanted to enjoy meeting her and let her personality come through, which it definitely does. I enjoyed our chat. Can't wait to share more time with her in the future. I'm thrilled she participated in our Follywood Squares. She had fun with it, did a killer job. Here's our chat when I went to meet with uh, Mayor Erica Stewart on Cal Poly's campus. Did you ever think that you were going to be the mayor of San Luis Obispo?
1: No, definitely no. Not even when I ran for city council, actually, Um, because I didn't know that there was even a possibility that Cal Poly would be willing to let me do a reduced time base. And that is huge because I work full time. I have student loans. I have two kids. I have, um, you know, my whole life and bills. So I just didn't think that was possible. So this has really been an exciting option, and um, I was just really thankful that my employer worked with me.
0: Yeah, tell me about like what you do during the day, because I mean, I know the, the city of San Luis Obispo, the mayor, is a, it's a part-time job, so a lot of folks have their things that they do in the day, you know, they're, like you said, their life. And so we're here at Cal Poly right now, we're outside the health center, what do you do here?
1: I am in human resources, I'm the assistant personnel director and marketing director, and um, we are constantly looking at how do we help people with our help students get in for quality health care, whether it's uh, physical health, whether it's mental health, whether it's their basic needs and health equity,
0: food pantry, etc. And I imagine with COVID, how long have you been doing this? I mean, because through COVID, that was some overdrive for you.
1: Yes, it was. I joined, I left a different job at Cal Poly, joined the health center on November 13th. I knew that I wanted to have a different job than I had. I was traveling a lot and when I joined and became the uh, city council member. So I was here for about maybe a year and three months, I guess. And then we hit COVID. So everyone went remote, not me, not the majority of our health center and uh, not some of housing. And it was, it's been a pretty intense time.
0: It really has. I mean, just from, you know, managing the students and the, ex- the, ex- the expectations that the city has of the students and everything going on. I mean, I can only imagine it's been wild.
1: It has been. I mean, we had very different setups numerous times. I mean, change, change was the name of the game because we had to help make sure, okay, do we get students testing? Do we have to set up space for them to you know have a mass kind of hospital situation? We didn't know what the pandemic was going to look like. And then there was, okay, are we going to be able to be a vaccine provider? Then eventually we were, so we now we do vaccine clinics, but only for students, not for staff, because it's a health services fee that the students pay. So it's for students, not yeah. for um, staff and faculty. But the staff and faculty. Came can come in and get the over-the-counter medicine because that is right. at a great deal. It's like a state at cost, and they can on Fridays use the food pantry because, unfortunately, some people aren't paid to a point where they can financially uh, manage all their bills, or you know they they've lost a friend or family member they're living with, has lost their job during COVID, and so that's been a very different space for students and for staff and faculty. What made you want to get into public service? I've always loved being involved with people, and then um, when I came to Cal Poly, I was involved with. Student government. Um, I was president of my residence hall, and then I ran for a board of directors. I was uh, the ASI president, so that was all, you know, something where I learned about this microcosm of life of government and business and public service. And I really had no idea I wanted to be a chef, which I did later become a chef. Nice. Yes, I owned my own bakery as well, and um, got. Do the-
0: you? I did. Wow, we gotta, we gotta <laughs> talk about baking stuff.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And then I was lucky enough
0: to work with Megan Loring. I I don't know if you're familiar. of course yes. <laughs> I love Megan she's amazing we went up to stay with when she was at Fort Bragg I mean now she's yeah, back yeah but we went up to stay um, at that place she was at the Noyo Inn yes. and Fort Bragg it was incredible hung out with her had some wine with her I love Megan Loring
1: she is amazing she is just a wizard with food I mean food you would never imagine putting together and I just absolutely was on
0: she cooked me a Thanksgiving dinner one time no way really? for the cork Torque show
1: oh that's so cool
0: it was I mean can you imagine Thanksgiving dinner done by Chef Megan Loring oh
1: no. I mean I had the everything but the the turkey one time. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, gonna, uh, I ask a couple questions, yeah. kind of getting down and dirty and this stuff? I, I'm not going to put you on the spot per se, but you're coming into a position that was kind of inhabited by someone before you, highly controversial, questionable behavior, kind of reckless at times, and often put herself ahead of her role to us as mayor. Now, how did you kind of mindfully want to step into this role and yes, be unique and true to yourself, but also you know know that there's some mending to be done in this role from mayor to citizen?
1: it's a great question I when I first looked at running for office I had gone through a program called emerge California and that was in 2018 I was trained as far as California women Democrats and they were training people to run for office so for me I was seeing at a national level and in a local level at the county and and uh, county and city some very negative behavior and so for me I am True believer in the nonpartisan aspect of this position. And Thank you
0: so much for saying that. I, r- <laughs> I really appreciate that. We've talked about it. Mean, it's in the charter. It is what it is, yeah. and I really appreciate that about you. Thank you.
1: And I mean, I, I I feel that it's important to listen to all people, and we're many of us are actually trying to get to the same end goal but just getting there in very different ways. And, and I, I appreciate hearing different opinions so that I can at least understand, oh, you, you, know, you may not hate XYZ. Okay, I get it. You just are afraid of this or you're concerned about this or you don't like that. So that's been really kind of how I look at it is really trying to get the input and the feedback so we can look at all different ways to really work through issues. Um, none of these issues are going to be managed by one side or the other. They'll be managed, but they won't be solved by just one side because you yeah. always are leaving out another side or great point it's not just two sides for that matter we have many sides to many issues and no one person feels exactly the same on all of the issues that are out there I meet people who are environmentalists and are uber capitalists um, people who really care about diversity but also you know want to live in a really nice house by themselves in a single family home with a beautiful big grassy yard so really these are, these are all fine things but they don't all necessarily work together and so if you're to take anyone person and look at one decision they've made and say that's all of them yeah. that's unfair
0: a question about the homeless situation yeah. a homeless situation is really an issue and it's also not just a housing issue as we always hear I've known and befriended a, a homeless man he's the great Tony devodier rest in peace my man he was so much fun mm-hmm. and I saw the ins and outs of shelter life through the good work that they do out the Maxine shelter uh, but also to a certain extent the shelter homeless is kind of a different community than the hidden tents back in the creek and under the freeway kind of homeless. The encampment homeless has, I feel, a deeper drug issue. The meth now is not the same from the meth 15, 20 years ago. It's inducing schizophrenia, some real mental health issues. I mean, I was on the corner of Broad and Marsh the other day, and this dude came right up next to me, banging on my windows, yelling at me. I mean, thank God nothing happened. I'm just waiting for this light to turn green. But I mean, these are like real things happening now. I imagine you have an earnest heart to improve this. So beyond housing talk, how can we work together and what can be done to help these Addicted and mentally hurting people at the same time make neighbors and business owners feel safer
1: It is a very complex uh, issue. You're absolutely correct. I mean, just in, in, I used to, as I mentioned earlier, I used to own a bakery and we'd have a lot of people. So I was in a coffee shop. I was, I was a wholesale bakery. So I just rented from um, the kitchen. And so in the front and the coffee shop, there'd be a lot of people who would, you know, buy a coffee and hang out for quite a few hours because they didn't have somewhere else to go. And there's an individual that I knew there. He had a son and um, he was. Uh, quite heavy set and you assumed that he was kind of alcoholic maybe. Well, it turned out that many, and he loved my brownies, which was so great. And so that's why we mm-hmm. have many conversations. He'd be like, oh, are the brownies coming out? And then we'd start having conversations about his life. It yeah. was really cool. Um, many years later, after I've closed the bakery and I was walking around downtown one day, I saw him and he had lost like 50 pounds and he wasn't bright red and he looked fantastic. And I said, wow, how are you doing? What's going on? he's like, I didn't know I was diabetic. And so I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I helped you and I gave you all these brownies. Oh he's no! Terrible. But he didn't know, and he's right. buying brownies and buying, buying, you know, eating bread and eating pasta at the shelter and whatever it was. Um, and it turned out that. All he needed was a little bit of help, and now he, um, you know, had had the healthcare services that he got through the CAPSLO programs, and he's, you know, I've only seen him a couple times now, and he seems like he's doing great. That's cool. So I, I think there are times when it's, you know, physical health that needs to be taken care of. Sometimes it's mental health, um, and we have to figure out how to, how to help people access the services they need. There are so many veterans on, um, on the streets and the post-traumatic stress, I mean, that is horrifying, and I feel so terrible for them, and I can only imagine why some people might um, taking some drugs to numb them the pain and, the, yeah. and their, those memories must be awful at times
0: it's so crazy because it's so multi-pronged I mean because yeah. you're right I mean if someone man or woman serves this country like we need to be there for them afterwards and in any struggles that uh, they have but also you, you look at some of these um some of the numbers that say that came out of like Venice Beach you know that was a big thing and you found like maybe 30 people out of like, the 280 were even California residents I mean we also live in a place that's beautiful Santa Barbara San Luis Obispo LA this is kind of a destination for for a person who may desire to live that way.
1: You know, it's funny you say that because that is what I hear all the time. And I happen to be on the Community Action Partnership, Capslow Board, uh, as a member for the city liaison. And we have found about 75% of the homeless regularly are from this county. So that this is a constant, like, go home kind of thing, stop, stop being on the street. Well, realistically, they are home. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they, they need help um and help maybe housing help maybe food help maybe showers help maybe medical you know help all different things and you know i think you and i were talking about earlier there's i think almost 2000 nonprofits in this community yeah so you know whether it's Calling 211, whether it's texting 211, you can get going online. You can get to all these different nonprofits, governmental agencies, and figure out the kind of help that is, is available. So that's just one way. But realistically, we're looking at some great pro- programs. We've done the community action. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A uh, uh, cat team. Yeah, the, the community action team. Um, and that's with the police and a social worker. We are so thankful. It has worked so well. And now the county also has a cat team. Um, we're in the process of. Um, creating a mobile crisis unit, which will also include an EMT. So really trying to help go to um, people where they are. That's the thing, right? We can't expect them all, every individual to come to 40 Prado, I get it. But we can help them understand by going to them, here's some of the services that you can get, here's some help you can get. Because honestly, it is not humane to have people living in a creek. It's not good for them, it's not good for the environment, and let's get people help, let's get people housing, whatever that looks like, and you know, there are some people that do not live here, like you mentioned, and there was, by coming to Capsule recently, someone was from Boston, and their family had been looking for them, had no idea where they were, and we were able to connect them. To yeah,
0: there them. are a lot of these situations where yeah. if we can connect them to their families, they would be like, oh my god, I've missed you, what we yeah. want, you know, we didn't, of course, they don't want this to befall their brother, or sister, or whoever it is.
1: Absolutely, yeah. and, and some people also have been through that struggle so many times, like, I'm sorry, I can't do it and you get anymore, so yeah. you know, I, I understand there's many different issues out there, again. So. I think continuing to figure out ways to help people get into different services, to partner with as many of the different nonprofits as we can. And, you know, truly, one of the things I see all the time is people really trying to be helpful and they, you know, give people money, they give people food. But realistically, let's help get them the actual services they need so they don't have to spend the night one more night in the creeks yeah. or
0: in the park i have noticed you guys have done a lot better job with um i used to call it mitchell encampment but i can again once, a call, once again call it mitchell park um walk the dog through there just the other night at night and it was great um and then when you undo that under thing that underpass under marsh like it looked like they were like, un- like on a diy show they had like carpet and a whole thing you you've gone back and forth like i see it up i see it then you, Bring it down. So, and I think that's important because people are driving into the city. They want to make sure that, you know, it's, it's not going to be a situation that where things like that are going down, as it's just been hard to keep up with.
1: Well, the, when COVID first happened, it was very clear rules from the CDC not to move people from their pods. So just as you and I are lucky enough to have a home and we weren't supposed to go really far from our home during COVID, nor is someone who's homeless to go far from their home. And unfortunately, that spot um, that was by the freeway or in the park or wherever it was, that was their home. And people who were already in Forty Prado, they were able to, you know, stay there at least. Um, and back to partners if you are living by the freeway that's actually the Caltrans jurisdiction Mm. Um, if you're living you know out by Will Rock for example by the water um, uh, reservoir that's actually also in the county so you know as as we talk about the different ways we have to figure out how to partner with whom as to what we actually can do Um, so we didn't want to move people and people get sick of course that we're trying to help people not get COVID no matter who you are and where you live Um, so that was you know first and foremost is public health that's the most important and then public safety of course and when we look at that it. It, it's been it's been really rough trying to figure out how to help people in that space yeah. is how do we help work with our partners to say please help us clean this up if it was a point point. Um, and now again working with this mobile crisis unit we had we hired a, a homelessness response manager in May and one of the great parts about her job is to coordinate with all these different services and partners so that we can actually get people to the services they need so one of the things we'll be doing um, on the 16th is we'll be bringing the homelessness response plan to the city council and they'll be sharing about that. So I hope you turn tune in and listen. I mean Zoom, YouTube, yeah. call your phone call. It is exciting,
0: must see TV, I must say. I've senior city council. We gotta liven these up, my friend. I know, I know. <laughs> I don't know if we need music underneath you or something, but some of these, I mean God bless you, you know like <laughs>
1: I know. Well, do you want civility or do you want excitement? No, you're right. No, yeah,
0: you're totally right. Good good point. Well put.
1: I know, it's hard. I don't want real housewives of uh you know, yeah, Slow right. City Council. that sounds like a horrible plan. So, you know, I, I mean reality T V is fun to watch because it's it's um peering into people's lives and somewhat uh dysfunctional. That's what
0: people are Oh absolutely. Into, right? Do you have any guilty pleasure? Like do you watch like ninety day fiance like I do or bachelor? <laughs> I love my ninety like every one of them. You know, my guilty
1: pleasure is nailed it. I Back to, I was a baker. Yeah. So I love watching people as they are pulling together this, <laughs> some beautiful cake that was put out there as a suggestion or a cookie. And then you look at the sad little thing they put together. And, right. you know Nicole Byers is hilarious. Nailed it. Yeah. And um, it, it's gotten ridiculous. Now they are putting things out that like only Jacques Torres, the master of chocolatier could actually make. I don't even know, even, you know, professional bakers could make right. some things he puts out there, but it's, it's entertaining to what watch. What do
0: you and your husband uh, stream. What do you kind of like, like to get into? Do you guys binge certain shows together? Like, Do you have shows like with your husband like like I do with Lady I Fancy? Where like, if you watch that without me, I, we're, <laughs> we are, we're a drama. Like. <laughs> well, you know,
1: we did. That was Game of Thrones, of course. It was a okay. wait for each other. Um, and then lately, it's, it's been the Silly Craft uh, show with uh, Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the craft things they do was, are amazing, of course. But realistically, it's just the the banter between Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman are hilarious to both of us so we usually try to wait for each other on that otherwise it's some you know different sci-fi shows um, or Yellowstone is definitely kind of a guilty pleasure it's coming back out the next season I think (laughs) I
0: love it we got Erica Erica Stewart here she is the mayor of San Luis Obispo how is uh, settling in been to all this wild it's been wild yes um i think it's been four weeks now
1: three or four weeks and um you know this this whole october was my first time being at 30 you know 30 hours at 75 percent so i've really been just trying to settle in and figure out how to manage work life and city council life um Man, the 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 staff is so awesome that helps out because I I couldn't do it without them. I mean we're trying to really look at okay, calendars and how can we get, you know, me here or me there and and how are we going to manage all of this? And so I've been really appreciative of just the organizational aspect and of course IT is awesome. Awesome not just for me but for everybody. Going through COVID and getting through and doing so much remotely and so much online. It's it's rough. But, you know, we're slowly getting into groove. I think um, You know, I'm hoping that in the next month or so, I can get to that point where I can say, okay, yes, I know what my schedule is. I would love to have office hours, different areas through town, you know, once a week, once every other week. Because, of course, part of it is, yes, call, text, email, and, you know, I'll work with uh, city staff and we'll try to get you on my schedule. Um, But it would be great just to be able to come and be like, hey, invite me to your church, I'll be there. Invite me to the park, I'll be there. Invite me to your business building, I'll be there. You know, and and just really, you know, I'm vaccinated, a lot more people are getting vaccinated, these days. We can do it with a mask, without a mask, online, over the phone really lacks a lot. But That's why I wanted to come
0: here to you. <laughs> I mean, cause we could have done this on the phone, but I really wanted to come meet you finally and really just like be face-to-face and just hang with you for a minute.
1: Yeah, thank you. I love it. I love hanging out with you. It's been so fun because the energy in person is great, even oh, yeah. Zoom versus over the phone. And yeah. email, a lot is lost. Email and text, any tone is lost, any totally. nuance is lost. Yeah. You know.
0: Um, do you have any future political aspirations beyond mayor Either locally or higher
1: You know, good question I, I really think I'm going to get to this mayor's space first um, I might, of course, run for re-election uh, for mayor Because obviously already in this role and, and making these changes in my life I see that I can do it, which is great um, Yeah, so we'll see what happens going forward so you have two boys? I do. One's yep. about to graduate college, one's
0: about to graduate high school.
1: Yes. Next year will be a big year. My oldest graduates in college. My youngest graduates high school. My husband will be married 25 years.
0: Oh, cool. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. And I'll be turning 50.
1: So that's a lot Dang. of
0: Dang. <laughs> that's incredible. Wow, this was really fun. I'm so glad we had a chance to meet. Thank you for being up and at him in the morning. Congratulations on uh, uh, becoming the mayor. And um, I, I love to have this open dialogue with you. I know you're going to be doing our Follywood Squares with us next week. Yes. Yes, that's I'm
1: good. excited. That'll be a lot of fun
0: Thank you so much For interviewing me And having me on your show
1: Happy to to get together again Wake up with Up and Adam In the morning I'm having a great
0: time Listening to you in the morning Adam
1: Whoa Are you a great interviewer Mr. Up and Adam In the morning
0: On Up and Adam In the morning